So the days finally come when you can quit that nine to five job forever. No longer do you have someone telling you what your worth is, when you're going to work and what you're going to do. You're not stuck at that dead end desk or wherever else that it is that you're particularly working right now, but now you're actually working for yourself. Sounds like a pretty great lifestyle, but there's a lot of things that come along the way. You got to be willing to work super hard, not give up on yourself, and definitely not get lazy. Let's talk about my first year as being a freelance videographer, talk about some of my successes, my failures, how you can prepare for those and overcome the problems that I faced while also enjoying the luxuries that come involved with working for yourself. Welcome to the Everyday Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Everyday, and I'm a freelance videographer and photographer living in small town, USA, and that alone in itself has come with a bunch of challenges that I've had to overcome and face along the way. Now, I've experienced my fair share of successes and failures, and that's what I want to talk about here on this particular podcast. I want to try to give you the tools, resources, and information that I wish that I would have had months ago when I went full-time freelance, experienced the greatest of highs and the lowest of lows. I want to talk about how life gets in the way of different things and what you need to expect before you jump into a full 100 percent commitment into being a freelancer, an entrepreneur, starting your business and leaving that nine to five job forever. So let's go ahead and start about a year ago, back at around, uh, I'd say December of 2017, and how I kind of had my mindset, where I was at and what I wanted to do. So basically, I was working at a job that I'd worked at since high school back in 2005. I'd worked on and off at that job for many number of years because, you know, it was easy to get on there. I was really close with a lot of the managers and supervisors. They would always take me back no matter how wrong I did the business. And it was great to have that safety net, but it was also a curse as well. Because I always had that in the back of my mind. If I ever fail or feel like giving up, I can just go back here. When in reality, I should have cut those ties a long time ago. So around December, I was still working at this job. It was a one-hour commute. So two hours a day was just me driving to the job. I worked about eight-hour shifts. So you figure 10 hours a day was devoted to this particular job. Now, I could learn a lot and educate myself on my commute by listening to podcasts like this, and I could also listen to music, I could plan things, and just think about a lot of stuff, and sometimes I would even record driving vlogs where I would set my camera up and kind of record some of my YouTube episodes, but I was always unhappy with those because of the quality, and that was where the problems really started was I wasn't having enough time to be able to do the things I wanted to do. So I worked it out with my job that I could cut back to four days a week and just work some longer shifts to get my hours in. So that would give me three out, three days off per week in order to be able to create things for my YouTube channel and to start building my brand. Because I had it in my mind that by the summer of 2018, I was going to fully commit myself to my business. But I didn't know how. I'd done it before with photography and I'd somewhat failed because the area I live in is super oversaturated with photographers. And also the area that I live in, the median income here is very low. 
And the last thing people want to spend a lot of money on around here is services. People around the area that I live in, they like to shop for like, you know, clothing goods. People buy cars, people buy food and things like that. But when it comes to art, especially photography, they really want to spare every expense possible. So to be able to run a sustainable photography business in an area that has thousands of photographers and only a few thousands of people that live here, it's pretty tough unless you want to get into genres that you don't really enjoy. And for me, that kind of takes the fun out of it and it kind of removes the point of being an entrepreneur and working out on my own if I'm having to constantly do stuff I don't want to do. I might as well keep my passion as a hobby and then just continue working this other miserable job so I'm not making my passion and my hobby miserable in itself. So enter my mindset change was there's not a lot of competition when it comes to videographers in this area. Maybe I should go full-time freelance videographer. I've already been doing all these YouTube videos. I've learned a lot about editing. I've upgraded my gear. That's where the money's going to be. But Smaller mom and pop shops, because I wanted to do more commercial works. I wanted to create commercials and advertisements and things like that, because in my mind, the individuals don't really have the money to pay the top dollars for the things that I want to do, but maybe the businesses will. And when I first started kind of picking and choosing, I was still working at my job that I absolutely hated, but I was making a little bit of supplemental income and building up that portfolio through these mom and pop shops, but I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. And I also noticed that a lot of these businesses also didn't have a lot of money. I mean, we're talking a, a video project for a business, like a commercial, you know, in the area that I live in, roughly 500 to 800 bucks is what it would cost to make a simple commercial or advertisement. Now, obviously for bigger video projects, we're talking thousands of dollars, but these mom and pop shops had maybe $75 to $100 a month in advertising revenue. And trying to sell them the idea of the importance of video is, is tough because the people that I was dealing with were a lot of older generations. And, you know, they're into that old school style of advertising and marketing. They believe in newspapers and, you know, billboards and things like that. The print material, radio advertisements, things that really are dying out, in my opinion, from based on what I've seen and heard from a lot of businesses and definitely in a lot of bigger areas, you know, instead of advertising on platforms like Spotify and Pandora and YouTube and Facebook, these people are still advertising in the old school ways. And you know, with the rising cost of newspapers, I'm seeing tons and tons more of newspaper subscriptions being canceled. Less and less people are buying them than they were before. And you think about billboards. I mean, of course, we're going to see them. But when you're driving along the road in your car, you see this billboard. Of course, it's going to stick out to you at first. But as you go on down the road, you're going to see something else. And it's just going to push that last one out of your mindset. So how do we go about selling to these businesses. Well, you've got to show them the value and they could see the value in it, but a lot of them didn't have the money or they didn't want to take the risk. And, you know, it was just, it was a new world for them. So I decided that wasn't going to work. That's not the way that I'm going to be able to quit my job and make a living doing video work. So I decided to get into travel and tourism. That's kind of where I was at with things and what I was already doing on my YouTube channel. That was what was popular. That's what I enjoyed. And it seemed like it was going to be a very profitable venture. So I started sending out emails and going through all my contacts and the networking I'd made over the years. And I started contacting local governments like small cities and towns. And I was just basically like, hey, 
let's make some travel tourism videos to boost the economy in your location. I know you've got a lot of cool stuff that goes on around here, but I'm afraid that a lot of people just don't know about it. Let's target younger generations because that's the people that are going to be the future of these small towns. And so that's what I did. And I started reaching out to all these people and only one got back to me. This small town got back to me about working on a tourism video for them which was going to take place in about April or May. We wanted to wait till things got pretty again. Because see, I live in Virginia, and we experience all four seasons. And basically, I view it as two seasons here. You have summertime and wintertime. Now, there is a brief period of spring and a brief period of fall where everything is still ugly. But then you have this gap of the year where everything's just beautiful. So I knew that this business would not be the most sustainable through the wintertime if I didn't do things correctly. and. I didn't do things correctly. I didn't plan accordingly to the winter months. So all I really worried about was the summer, the immediate. I didn't worry about the future, and that's where I'm at now. So we initially made this tourism video for this small town, and it was a pretty big hit. Like It, it did really well. We ended up getting, I think, about 20,000 views on the video within like a month or so, which for this town and for the people in this region, that's actually a pretty good number. It's not the number that I wanted. It didn't get the shares I thought it would and the support from some of the larger uh, promotional companies for the state. I thought some of the state tourism boards would kind of share it to their social medias and it would see more attention. Now, a fun fact, at the time that I shared this, I only had around 100 and some uh, followers on my Facebook page to get that 20,000 views. And finally, after emailing this particular tourism agency for the southwestern region of Virginia, I, I got a hook and they said that they wanted to share the video. But there was a catch. They wanted to share the video by uploading it to their own Facebook page and sharing it out to their 25 to 30,000 followers. And I didn't want that because the video that I had already uploaded uh, for this town to my page was already getting so much traction. I told them, I was like, well, we need to keep building off the momentum of the video that's already out. If you put up a new video, it's going to spread out the views and we're not going to be able to follow this thing properly. But they just, they were not listening to me. So what ended up happening was I had a little over a couple hundred, 300 or so shares like I said, about 20,000 views. I had tons of comments, tons of engagements. I mean, this video was hot. It was on fire for engagements and shares and things. And when this company that has like 25,000 followers shared the video, I think they, to this day, only have maybe three to 400 views on it. They had like five comments. And I think three out of the five comments was from like myself and some family members. And then as far as shares and engagements, it was very lackluster. I mean, it didn't even put a dent into what my share got. And then it basically played out exactly how I told them it would. But, you know, you, you can't tell everybody everything. And that's one thing you've got to learn about being a freelancer and getting into this market. You can give the best advice to your clients and other people in the entire world but chances are they are probably not going to take it. Everybody seems to think that they know the best route for everything. And that's one of the things that I struggle with is when people come to me for advice and I give them advice and they don't take it. And then they come back to me and they're like, Chad, you know, we, we did what you didn't say to do and everything failed. What happened? And I'm like, well, exactly what I told you would happen. It's going to fail. It's going to bomb. Trust me. 
And the reason I give out the advice that I do is because I've experienced it. And if I've experienced something that I know is not going to work, I'm going to tell you straight up, that's not going to work. And that's kind of some of the things I want to go through in this podcast is that did not work. So that's how that worked out. And, you know, the video did do well. The town was really happy with it. So we talked about doing other videos, at which point I got another contract to do four mini videos, one catered to music, one catered to cars, one catered to a particular event and the good outdoors. So there was four more videos and me some more money coming in. And then at that point, I booked a wedding, which was some more good money. And then there was a festival coming to town and they wanted me to film some performers and edit a DVD for them. So again, there was some more money. And then a couple of little businesses got some smaller little videos along the way. So basically, I made enough money to cover my bills from May until about October. And that was pretty good. It was pretty solid. But then comes August and September, and I book another uh, good little period of contracts that's supposedly going to get me through, hopefully, until the first of the year. And, you know, now I still, to this day, I haven't been paid for those. So that was in September. It's now December, and I still haven't got that money. We also haven't made the video because I'm not going to go out and film and do all this work and make something that I'm not going to get paid for. So I got to get that money first. But that's some of the problems you're going to face as a freelancer. You've got to make sure that before you just decide to up and leave that nine to five job, you're going to have some jobs already secured and you want to make sure you have legally binding contracts so you're getting something out of it. Because think about it this way. Let's say your monthly bills are $2,000 a month. You know, in the area I live in, if I made $2,000 a month net, I would be on easy street. I'd be living as a king because again, the median income in the area that I live in is like 35 to $36,000 a year. And, you know, rent for an apartment, a decent two bedroom apartment is like 350 to maybe 400 bucks a month. You know, you figure two people living in an apartment, three to $400 a month each will cover all your expenses and you're good to go. So if I'm making two grand a month and my expenses are like a grand a month, I'm pretty much living on easy street. So, you know, you got to plan for that. If if you need $2,000 a month in net sales, then you've got to make, you know, three to $4,000 a month in gross sales because you've got to account for taxes. You've got to account for other expenses and food and your bills and your livelihood. So before you jump into this thing, make sure, first of all, all your bases are covered. Like how much money are you going to need to make? How much money do you want to make? And are you going to be able to do it? So what I recommend to people before you really get started is to build up your network, you know, build up how many contacts you have and go ahead and start securing some contracts down the road. And you've always got to be looking a month ahead. And that's where I got super lazy. Uh, so May went really well. June was really well. And July is where I started to fall off. And it wasn't that I lost interest. It's just that I got lazy. I got too comfortable in the lifestyle I was living, just doing whatever I wanted all the time. I wasn't securing any more contracts and I wasn't trying hard enough. And honestly, that's the secret to success with being a freelancer or an entrepreneur. You've got to hustle. You've got to be working every single day, every single night. And sometimes you have to take every single job that gets thrown at you. You know, I, I did a video for a wedding that I ended up spending probably 16 hours on 
and only made maybe a third of what I should have made for that wedding. But I had to do it because I had bills to pay. My bill collectors weren't just going to sit there and wait two or three months for me to get the next contract and be able to pay them with no penalties or problems. I had to make that money. And you know, there was times I was dead broke. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, you know, I had enough money to cover my bills for the whole next month. And I was good to go again. And, and that was part of my problem was getting adjusted to that lifestyle that, you know, just because I have enough money to make bills for the next month doesn't mean that I can quit working for a couple weeks or a week or a few days and just enjoy life. No, when you have enough money to pay the next month's bills, that's fantastic. But you have to be getting enough money to pay for the next month and the next month and just so on and so forth. So part of my failure was, though, I didn't set up my business to be sustainable through the winter months. Again, I was doing travel tourism work. So I was working with these small towns to pull people in during the summertime, the spring, the fall, when all these events are going on. Now, if I would have played it smart and charged proper rates and tried to secure more jobs, yeah, I mean, I could be sitting here right now talking to you in this podcast, having tons of money in the bank ready to go. But it got really scary around October, especially through November. Uh, everything's fine now. I did have to end up getting a nine to five job to get me through the winter months while I replan my business venture and do things like that. But I don't view what happened. I don't view having to go back to a temporary nine to five job through the winter months as a failure. As a matter of fact, I view 2018 as a success because I really learned a lot. I was a lot more successful this year than I ever have been before. I learned a ton about what I need to do in the future to make this even more successful the second go around. And I haven't fully given up on my business. I've just kind of slacked off a little bit because, again, in the winter months here, there's not a lot of travel. There's not a lot of tourism and there's not a lot of budgeting because the economy greatly drops down. See, the area that I live in is where a lot of people come to move to. You know, this uh, a lot of the people that live in this area are re more retirement community oriented and they also have homes in other locations such as Florida and, you know, maybe a New England area or even out west. And they come and live here from, you know, late spring, early summer up until the fall and then they move to their warmer areas through the winter months. So we actually lose a lot of population during the winter time and then we also lose all our travel and all of our tourism because the main focus of travel tourism in the area I live in is bike riding because we have a very unique like 34 mile long bike trail that people love to come to. This thing brings in millions of dollars a year. I think approximately 110 to 120,000 new visitors come every single year just to ride on this bike trail. So you can see that that's our primary source of income and why in the winter months we're not going to be seeing the same amounts of money coming in. So that's a few of the things that I wanted to kind of mention to you is plan for these things. Think about that. These are things that could absolutely happen. So before you jump into being an entrepreneur or a freelancer and doing it full time, make sure you have your bases covered and understand that no matter how much planning that you do, there's always going to be things that are going to come up. You know, maybe a client decides to back out of a, a, a deal or something you've set up. And if you don't have a legally binding contract, then you're stuck. I mean, 
you're just going to lose that. So typically what I have into my contracts is when they sign these things and they agree to all this stuff, there's a certain deposit. So let's say a video is $2,000 and I ask for a $500 deposit. Well, if that client cancels on me when I've expected and already booked out that time for them, you know, instead of being out $2,000, I'm still at least going to get to keep that $500 deposit. And they know that. And part of the reason I do that, one is to secure me at least a little bit of money in case they do cancel. So that way I haven't missed out on another job and I still am making a little bit. But also it kind of encourages them to go ahead and keep their end of the deal and go through the contract. So I'm getting that full two grand or, you know, whatever the cost was. And so you got to plan for things like that, because if you don't do that and a client backs out, there goes a good chunk of your money. You know, that's your food on the table. That's you paying the bills and keeping the lights on and not having these debt collectors coming banging down your door. So you've got to think about those things. But the most important thing of all, you've got to be willing to work for this stuff. I mean, if you truly want to get out of that lifestyle that you're currently stuck in, you've got to want it more than anything else in the entire world. And there's going to be things that's happening. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be successes. There's going to be failures. And I can tell you there are few far and in between. I mean, they're everywhere. Every corner you turn around, you're going to encounter some kind of problem. But it's how you are going to react to that and what you're going to do about it that's going to determine how successful you're going to be in whatever career that it is that you're going to try to do. And honestly, anybody can do it. And, you know, I say that with confidence because anybody can do it if they are willing to. So that's why everybody preaches and talks about how you have to be passionate about whatever it is that you're going into. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're going to give up. I mean, if this is something you truly want, you truly love, you truly enjoy, you're going to make it happen. But only if you're willing to put in that time and that work and overcome those struggles. Because as a freelancer or an entrepreneur, you're not a businessman. You're not a photographer. You're not a freelancer, uh, a videographer. You're not a writer or whatever else it is. You're a problem solver. That's what we all are. When you get out into the field and you're working for yourself and making things happen, you are a professional problem solver. You're solving problems for yourself to be able to pay your bills and make your dreams stay alive. You're solving problems for your clients to make them happy so that that way they pay you the money. That way you could keep living your dream, paying your bills, and just enjoying your life. Now, I don't want all this to seem super negative, and this is where I'm kind of going to wrap everything up today, is that that seems scary and seems kind of negative, but I feel like a lot of times people sugarcoat the freelancer or the entrepreneurial lifestyle way too much. So I wanted to put all the bad stuff at first and kind of weed through that. And then I want to talk about the good stuff. You know, during this time, I was meeting some amazing people. I was meeting celebrities. I was getting treated to amazing food and coffee. I was getting to see and do things that I probably would have never seen or experienced if I wasn't in this field. You know, I got to f uh, film a chili cook-off competition, which had tons of bands, tons of food, crafts, events, celebrities, all kinds of cool stuff. I've gotten free access to some of the most gorgeous theaters and venues I've ever seen in my life to go and film things. 
like this. I've been treated almost like a celebrity myself at a lot of these events because these clients want to be sure that I'm treated well so that I will provide them the best possible quality product. And I've got to do this alongside of my best friends, my girlfriend. I've had a lot of free time to be able to go to events for people. You know, my girlfriend, she's in a choir in college and uh, has a lot of events. She's also an aerial arts artist, and I get to go to her performances. I even got to get paid to videotape one of her performances, and that was awesome. So the free time and the ability to spend time with friends and family and interact with people and get all these crazy awesome experiences as a freelancer or entrepreneur is absolutely stunning. So don't think that it's something impossible that you're never going to be able to obtain. Just realize you've got to work really hard for it. If you want to have good things in life, you've got to work hard. I mean, just think about it. You can't work at a minimum wage job and expect to have the coolest things and the coolest lifestyle in the entire world. You've got to upgrade yourself. And I, I just don't like the idea of working at a traditional nine to five job where somebody else tells me my schedule. They tell me the rules. They tell me what I have to do. And I don't like to schedule my life around my work. I like to schedule my work around my life. And the only way that you're really going to be able to do that is if you work for yourself. But if you'd like to hear more about this kind of lifestyle, be sure to stay tuned to this podcast series. I am going to have this podcast out on areas like Spotify, Apple, Google, and a bunch of other places as well. In the meantime, I am here on Anchor FM. And also, if you would like to see more about what I do, you can visit my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash chat every day. I have a bunch of photography and videography tutorials over there. I have some cool vlogs and little cinematic stories and stuff that I'm very proud of. So you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel because I will be creating videos over there that will correlate with some of the podcasts I'm going to be doing here in the future. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to talk more about this entrepreneurial lifestyle and I'm going to give you some tips and tricks that I wish I would have known before I got started.